Hey everyone, this is Oxygen for Leaders podcast. I am your host, Josh Garrison. Here at Oxygen for Leaders, we give you leadership principles that help you maximize your potential as a leader. I am super excited about our guest that we have on the podcast today, John Larson, the lead worship pastor at Church of the Highlands. Church of the Highlands has, good night, what, John, almost about 19 campuses now? That's right, 19 locations. 19 locations. John oversees all the worship there. Church of the Highlands is always on uh, Outreach Magazine's fastest uh, growing churches. I've been to several uh, conferences there myself, and man, just love everything about Church of the Highlands. That's why I was so excited to get John on. So, John, how are you doing today, my friend? Oh, man, Josh, doing great. Thank you so much for the invitation to come on the podcast today and chat a little bit just about ministry and worship and all that stuff. Just thrilled to be here. We're doing great. Man, I love it. So, in the case everyone who's listening, if you do not know, you need to go to all, I believe, all digital platforms that is available. Uh, Church of the Highlands released their new worship album called Jesus You Alone. I got it the day it came out. It's incredible. John, I already got three favorite songs on there. Uh, of course, Jesus You Jesus You Alone. I, man, I got that on repeat. Uh, I love I Will Sing Jesus. Yeah. Oh, man, that's one of my favorites already. And then I love the one right after Jesus You Alone, The Name of Jesus. Man, I was jamming on that on the way to church uh, yesterday. And, man, I love it. You guys. Uh, so I want to dive into that a little bit later. But real quick, um, background story, man, how did you end up at Highlands? Kind of what has been your, I know you've been there most of the time uh, since their, the birth of Highlands in 2001. So tell us kind of a little bit of background story and how yeah. you ended up where you're at. Definitely. Well, just uh, I'm thrilled to be a part of this amazing church and uh, really grew up in the church. Uh, my parents, and I was one of those kids, I wasn't a PK, I wasn't a pastor's kid, but I was the... I was one of the kids that went to like all three, you know, Sunday morning services. Oh yeah, I heard Sunday school uh, lessons three times every weekend. Um, so our, my families have always been just super plugged into church. But originally from I'm originally from Southern California, and uh, when I was ten, we moved to Colorado Springs, Colorado, which is actually where I met our senior pastor for the first time. I was just a kid, and he was a youth pastor um, at a church in the Springs, and. Uh, Knew him briefly while he was there. He ended up going back. Uh, our, our senior pastor at the time, he was youth pastor, he went, ended up going back to Bethany uh, Church in Baton Rouge, where he's originally from. And then I grew up in the Springs, but um, as I was in my college years, I heard about this new church plant happening in Birmingham and, uh, and, and heard that it was Chris Hodges was going to be starting this church. So uh, through a course of events, I actually came here uh, the church was started in um, let's see, February fourth, two thousand three was the was the first uh, service that we had as a church, and I got here uh, in August of that same year um, and spent basically a, a whole school year here as an intern. Wow! And um, went went back home for a little bit. Ended up getting married to my uh, my wife, and then we came back on staff in two thousand three. So I've been on staff since. Um, since June of 2003. So 15 years on staff, but was here before that as an intern. And uh, man, it's been awesome to see how the church has grown, um, how it's, you know, come, how the Lord's just continued to to uh, to expand what's going on around here. And, you know, it's so it's so true that, that we all, everybody who's 
especially those who have been around since the beginning, <laughs> we really understand that this is a, there's no, there's no other way to say it other than this is a move of God. This has really very little to do with us and has so much to do with what what God has chosen to do through the church. Wow. So it's been great. I've been 15 years on staff now. Man, I love the, <laughs> it's so cool how you could have never guessed when your time in Colorado that you would end up being back with Pastor Chris and now Highlands being where it is now. I bet you could have never imagined that And when you were in uh, Colorado. That's right. That's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. Well, so John, we love to always give here, you know, leadership principles that can help uh, any up and coming leaders or current leaders better themselves. So we're just going to kind of dive into the questions. And the first one, uh, it's funny, I actually had David Hodges on the podcast um, last That's week. Amazing. Uh, oh yeah, he, yeah, man, yeah. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. That dude is solid. Uh, he he was great. So we always start with each question is how do you, and it's funny. It's great. We always get kind of different answers. But how do you grow personally as a leader? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, my growth has always come from being around people um, that that have invested into my life. Um, I think there's a lot of practical things that, that we can all do, you know, that, and there's a long list. I'm sure everybody has written down on some, you know, their notes somewhere. I know I do, of, you know, reading books or, you know, practicing the craft that you're in or working on, you know, bettering your, your skills, all that. But I think there's no substitute for being around people that, that, um, that challenge you and that are better than you at what you do. Um, and so I think if I look back at all the watershed moments of my life, in other words, the, the, the moments where, you know, the course of my life changed, it was, it was decisions that I made, uh, thankfully guided by, you know, people who loved me that, that put me into, into situations where I was going to be around people that were going to, um, that were going to challenge me, that were going to inspire me. And that we're going to really coach me and, and encourage me to be better than the level of um, of myself that I was. And so I just think everything happens in the context of relationships. So I, I would encourage you know anybody who's listening, listen. As we're trying to become better leaders, as we're trying to become uh, you know people who are more effective, maybe it's in the workplace or if it's in the ministry arena that that that. Typically, if we can get around people or if we can even learn from people that are doing what we want to do better or at a higher level, um, then we're going to, you know, we're going to grow. And so um, wow. I, think that's, I think that's really vital is to be around those types of um, your personalities. So I love that. Your way I'll of – oh, go ahead. Yeah, I'll say, I'll say this. Sorry. You know, my personality growing up um, – I was extremely introverted and I really, honestly, I am an introvert. That's still my natural personality. So it was actually, you know, hard for me to approach people um, that I admired primarily because I was so shy. And I think that might be something that actually can prevent you from, from growing in, in uh, leadership, growing in, um, in, in your profession is that you kind of, it, it's really up to you to pursue relationships that are going to be challenging for you or pursue relationships that are going to be growth relationships. Um, cause again, for me, I just, I was kind of a shy kid, you know? And so if somebody, I, if I perceived somebody to be successful, I, I wouldn't be the first person there lining up to say, Hey, 
you know, my name's John, let's hang out. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I I would just encourage people that sometimes, even if your personality doesn't, you know, if you're not the person who's, you know, comfortable with doing that, that's really, um, it's a big key is that, is that you can actually, you know, you can create growth dynamics in your life by initiating great, solid relationships. Wow. And I love that. So the way of growth, and I'm learning this in my own life too, is, is the people, John Maxwell says it uh, best. And it's actually, I heard this at uh, the, the conference that he came uh, for Highlands College back in December at Highlands. And he said, hang around the people that you want to be in five years. And, right. and I love that saying is because you're right. You, we can read all the books. We can listen to all the podcasts. We can go to all the, the conferences. But if our people and in our inner circle who's influencing us, if, man, they're not pushing us to be better, if they're not people who are you know pushing us forward, then we're going to kind of stay where we're at. And I, I love, I love that is, man, we can go, uh, someone said this and I can't remember who exactly, but is you can go fast alone or you can go far together. And man, I love that idea of man, surrounding yourselves with people who push you forward. And then it truly is iron sharpens iron and you grow not only in your, in your walk with God, but your man, just leadership and how you lead uh, in general. So I love that answer. Um, so let me, con- let me just add one, I'll just jump one, one more thing. Oh, for sure. Is I think with, with those relationships, the, the, there's one more I, idea that I think is important. And that is that, you know, once you have those great relationships, I think you have to like, I think you have to embrace the feedback that comes from that. And, um, you know, I think feedback, I, I always tell, you know, the, the, the folks that, that are on my team here at the church, you know, I'm like, Hey, feedback is fuel for for what you've got ahead of you you know and and so whether we're doing good in an area or whether we're underperforming in an area um you know that feedback that's coming from those key relationships is something that is really important to engage in to to listen to to take to heart and then turn that into energy that you can apply towards your growth so John, you could not have transitioned into my second question any better. <laughs> I so appreciate what you just said. So going with that, some of the times the hardest thing as a leader to hear, and really it makes you, how you handle this kind of shows if you're a good leader or got some things you need to work on, which we all do. But how do you as a leader handle not only criticism, but failure? Yeah. So failure and criticism, how do yeah. you handle that? Well, I think with criticism, you know, there's, there's criticism. I think you have to understand you know, I think there's there's critique and criticism, and that might be too that might be parsing the word too much. But when somebody's critiquing me, um, you know, that's that's definitely something that they're doing that's an investment towards my future. You know, but I think there's a I, I, honestly, I think there's relationship in a critique. Um, criticism, you know, I kind of look at that; it's really the same word. But if somebody's just you know, if somebody's just throwing shade, you know, at you. Uh, is probably not really investing in your future. And I think you need to, you know, to develop as a leader, as a learner, is you need to understand the difference between, you know, what what constructive criticism is and what, and really just what the noise, you know, of somebody's opinion is. Right, what the haters are saying. And, uh, totally, yeah, what are the haters saying about you? And I think one of the ways that, that I 
try to help interpret that is, again, I go back to those trusted relationships. So if I'm hearing something from somebody that maybe I don't have a close relationship, I'm going to take that, those, those things that have been said about me when it comes to criticism, and I'm going to just bounce it off of people that I know love me. And say, hey, this is what I heard. I, you know, I heard that this, you know, this might be something that I do. Talk to me about this. Is this a blind spot in my life? You know. And again, I think those trusting relationships is where you work out what is actually constructive for you, and and the other things they're just again, it's just a, it's just the haters saying what they want to hate. Right. And I you know, I know in my in my area of um, of ministry, you know, I'm I'm the music guy. And there is nothing more subjective Oof. and more opinionated. People are not more opinionated about anything else than, than music. I mean, it is, right. music is a personal thing. And so what can be an amazing worship experience for one person, another person can say, you know, they, they can come up with a million reasons why it's not. And so I think, I think you just have to have trusted people that you bounce that off of. I think when it comes to failure, um, you know, the, the I, I think the the mo- again I, those relationships are so important. But I just think you know, just having a healthy understanding of who you are in the Lord is so important. Um, I joke around all the time when I mess up, when I goof something up. You know, hey, hey, oh well, you know, my confidence comes from Christ, not from what I just, That's you know, right. not from the failure that I just did. And man, I, I'm just going to tell you, you know, people look at. Highlands, and they see all the, you know, the, the the gear that we have, and they see all the toys that we have to work with in our Sunday service experience. All that's great, but they don't, rem- you know, they never see the the struggle and the fight that we had, you know, without without resources, without gear. And one of the one of the pieces of gear I'm telling, I'm going to tell a quick story that that I love so much is um, it's it's called the confidence monitor. Oh yeah, and so for the, for those of you who aren't familiar with the, with the production world, uh, service production world, the confidence monitor is where they put the words to the songs um, for the, the the worship leader singing those songs. It's his lifesaver. It's, just, it's a lifesaver, man. <laughs> you know, there's thousands of songs in my head, but sometimes you know, those those words get jumbled up. But can I just tell you how many times I've been in front of hundreds? and thousands of people leading worship and I mess up the words really bad to the song and you know it just kind of falls apart on the stage and it's embarrassing and honestly it's a failure um, for what I do at, you know on a, on a weekly basis but the thing is is I have to understand that my my identity my, my value my worth does not come from how well I perform you know that comes from what the Lord has done for me you know, that's right. Really, he's more concerned with with the condition of my heart than really how I perform. Now, there's no substitute for excellence. We got to get better as leaders. You know, as um, in my area as worship leaders, we have to get better. We have to know the words of the songs, right? But if um, you know, but again, my value is, is is based on a different thing. And so, when it comes to failure, man, I think you just have to have a healthy understanding of who you are in the Lord and. There's thousands and thousands of verses in the Bible throughout the Word of God that define exactly, um, you know, who who you are. They define perfectly who you are in the Lord. And um, and for me, you know, Exodus fifteen two. That's that's my that's my verse. You know, it's just it says the Lord is my strength, and He is my song. 
Mm. Uh, you know, he's my father's God and I will exalt him. And for whatever reason, that's been my thing. You know, he's my strength. I can't do anything really without him. When I understand that, you know, failure is seen, I see failure in a completely different way. So I love that. I love that. So it's funny. So I, I got my uh, you know, degree in music or a fellow worship leader myself. And no one's in the church world, maybe outside of the pastor, no one's as hard on ourselves as the worship leader. We know every miss. We know right. every, you know, if the, something's out of tune or someone comes in wrong. And I'm right there with you. A song I could have sang a thousand times. I'll second guess myself, and I'm like, I don't know the words. We're just going to see what happens. Right. Um, but right. I love how you say about, you know, even sometimes when it happens to you and you mess up, it, it, I think great leadership also comes from how your team sees how the leader handles, you know, uh, critique and failure. And, uh, man, they see, okay, well, how he handles it in this such a way, it kind of shows them, okay, it's okay. Now, there is a standard of excellence, but it's okay if – we do mess up because we see how he handles it and he's always encouraging us to get better and, you know, no one's perfect. And uh, I love how it really failure too. It, it's just, uh, man, you, I, I think of it as you've, once you fail so much, you're not afraid of it anymore. And really failure makes us better, makes us all better. And people who are afraid to try something or afraid to take risk because of they may fail is man, I, that was just such a great word. You say we can learn, uh, learn from failure, and definitely having those people around us who, going back to sometimes the haters, just want to throw shade. And uh, it's so important to have that group who you can say, "Hey, this person said this. You know, am I missing something? Is this true, or is this you know completely uh, just fabricated?" I oh, mean, I love that. Such a great answer. Um, kind of segue into our next question. I'm really excited to hear what you had to say on this one. As you who lead so many people under that umbrella of Highlands worship, how do you make them feel valued as a team? Like, how can they know, man, I know John appreciates the work I'm doing, even though there's so many people. Like, how do you as a leader make your team feel valued when there's so many of them? Yeah, I think that's a a really important uh, question. And honestly, it's important you know, regardless of the number of people that you're leading. And I think the, the main principle and really the main action point that I feel like I can bring to my team is that no matter what environment I'm in, I'm fully present in that moment. Um, it is true. We've got a lot of stuff going on. Um, I have a busy schedule. Uh, you know, I have a lot of things that, that are on my mind, but there's no substitute that when I'm in, you know, when I'm backstage with one of the worship teams, getting ready to go out and leave worship. Um, there's no substitute for me being fully present in that moment and really caring for the people that I'm around. And what I mean by caring for them is having a genuine interest in them. I think as a leader, a lot of times people want to talk about you, but you have to turn, you have to flip the script with people. And and so so I think leaders, we need to have, I don't know, 20 questions that we can rotate through and ask the people that we're leading and get them talking about themselves, not a, not for a, an ego thing, but, but when you're doing that, when you're asking people questions, when you're taking genuine interest in their lives, it pays huge dividends down the road um, because what you're doing is you're expressing to the people that you're leading, hey, I care about you. you know, I care about you as a person. 
and what your and, and, and your life and your interests way more than I care about the job that we all have set before us to do. Wow. And I think the way that it's, it's, it's being present in that moment, you know, um, it's, it would be easy. And sometimes I catch myself to be honest, I'm not perfect at this. Uh, you know, honestly, that's probably why I'm saying it because I need to keep working on it, but it's easy for, for me to walk fast, you know, through the, through the, the aisles of church, right? Um, because I've got to get somewhere or to, you know, to, to go straight to the task. It's easy for me to do that because I do have a lot of stuff on my mind, but I think a real leader is somebody who can be fully engaged with, um, the people that they're with while at the same time being aware of the task that needs to get done. And so, um, so I think it's just engaging with people. Um, you know, we, we do, we have, uh, there's over 900 people that are on our, our worship team across all of, all of the church campuses. That's insane. So they're spread out all over the place. And so I'm not able to actually physically be everywhere, obviously, at one, one time. Right. But I can be, I can be available and present with the people that I'm with every single day. And so I just think living, living your leadership life in that flow, um, creates a dynamic where people do feel valued. Wow. And I love that too with, like you said, 900 people. And another great thing, which I've seen at Highlands and that you do is you train the worship leaders at the other campuses to make their team feel valued. So that way at each location, man, they're, I love the the training you guys do that each location, they know we feel valued because our worship leader here. Uh, we know they're getting it from John, our main worship pastor, and then they're getting it at their campus. Yeah. And that's just great leadership uh, development. Um, well, yeah. John, I want to talk about, I'm excited. I want to talk get back into the new album that just came out, Jesus, You Alone. Yeah. Kind of to end the segment here to talk about that. Man, how, yeah. I guess, start with how long has this project been in the works? It just released, uh, I believe, either two days ago, correct? Or yesterday? Yeah, Friday, March 1st. Oh wow! A few days ago, okay. For a couple days, yeah, brand new. Brand new, and all the songs are original. They are, yeah. They were all written probably over the last um, year and a half is where most of them were written. Um, and really, we, you know, we 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 set out with, um, you know, John three thirty. I love I love the the verse. I love I love simple statements in the Bible, um, and I think John three thirty is one of those. Um, just bookmark, you know, verses that we should all have. It, it simply says that he, it's, it's actually John the Baptist is talking about Jesus. The backstory is really quickly, the backstory is John the Baptist has been, he's been the, the, the guy in, in the, you know, in Israel and, and uh, right before Jesus came on the scene, you know, he's preparing the way for Jesus, he's baptizing a bunch of people. Uh, there's a revival happening through the ministry of John the Baptist, and all of a sudden Jesus comes on the scene, and there's this question between the disciples of John the Baptist, you know, hey, who is this Jesus, you know? And John the Baptist has this, he just has this simple statement in verse 30. He says that he must become greater, and I must become less. And so it's really, you know, John is telling his disciples, listen, hey, this is the reason I've been doing what I'm doing. It's to bring glory and to bring honor and to bring, you know, the praise that's due Jesus. And so it's that same heart that 
when we worship God, you know, we're not worshiping God for something that we need. We're worshiping God because he's worthy of it already. Yeah. And so it's this whole idea that that's what, that's what surrounded all of the songs of this project is, and just the very nature of God, you know, demands <laughs> that we focus our whole lives on him. And so you can see that theme kind of, you know, weave its way throughout every song on the record. And that's really the heart of Jesus, You Alone, which is the title track. Um, it's a song that I co-wrote with a couple uh, dear friends of mine that, that just came, you know, it's just that simple chorus, you know, holy, he's worthy. It's Jesus alone. There's, there's nobody else that's worthy of it. And, um, uh, and so that's kind of the, that was, it's fun to see that focus kind of, uh, you know, weave its way through all of the songs. And um, it was an incredible night of worship that we captured. And we're just really proud of what, uh, what came out of the, that effort. Wow. So once again, everyone who's listening, that is called Jesus, You Alone. It is available, Apple Music, Spotify, uh, all digital platforms, correct? That's right, anywhere you want to get it. Anywhere you want to get it, I highly recommend it. It's incredible. Uh, John, thank you so much for coming on today. Just hang around a bit once we're done recording. Just want to thank you. But if you check out Church of the Highlands, everyone out there, please go out and grab Jesus, You Alone. Uh, check out their sermons, churchofthehighlands.com. I love everything about this church, so I will promote it any chance I get. This is uh, this is John Larson. John, thank you so much for your time, man. We appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. All right, this is Oxygen for Leaders podcast. I'm your host. Thank you so much. Until next time.